0: God's word is simple, and its understanding brings life and fulfillment of purpose. Sit back and relax. As the lead pastor of New Reality Christian Center, Pastor J.J. Ojo, brings you God's word with simplicity and clarity. Be blessed as you listen.
1: i flooded with light. I receive with meekness. Thank God the word of God. And I am changed. I am transformed. Badness of God's word. Hallelujah. Amen. I want I want pastor for me to come and greet everybody. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen.
0: Hello family. Good evening. We have missed your faces. We have really missed you. But we know all things work together for our God. And very soon we will come together to fellowship face to face.
1: Right, I want to urge you this evening. God is ready, and Pastor is really ready. I can tell he has been preparing, and the clouds have—they are they have already gathered. So sit down. Don't be distracted. Look for a corner where you won't be distracted, and get your
0: notepad, get your iPad, your whatever, and make sure you listen and act on what you have heard. Understand? It's—it's Easter word fit, like you've never seen it before. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I love you so much.
1: Glory to Bye. God. Bye. Hallelujah. Amen. If you're watching through Facebook, we want you to let us know where you're watching from. Make a mention of where you're watching from. you are listening through Minx LR. We want you to use the privilege of our chat room to let us know where you're listening from. We believe that you'll be blessed. Um, Easter Word Feast is a time where we camp around God's Word during this period. You know, to be taught about the essence of this season, especially now that there is a uh, shutdown all over the world, um, you know that means somehow we have to have a better interpretation of this season than the normal festi- uh, um, festivals and um, uh, and um, you know eating and feeding that we used to have in the past, you know. And um, that means since there's not going to be so much of patterning around like it used to be uh, it means that we would probably probably have an understanding a better understanding of what the season is in this very moment and that is why we are here you know it's an annual meeting that I've been holding over the years and um, it's always very impactful and also a season where the ministry of the Spirit uh, will be felt and received by everyone um, that is on that such administration like this. Praise the Lord. Um, let's first read from Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 18. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 18. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 18. Revelation and verse 18. Hallelujah! Revelation chapter 1 and verse 18. I wanted to read. Make sure you get your Bibles. Rev. chapter 1 and verse 18. It says... Now, this was Jesus talking. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I said glory to God. Hallelujah. That is why... This season is worth celebrating because he died not to remain dead. He died and he was resurrected and we're going to um, celebrate that tomorrow and um, he lives forevermore. This is the only person who had ever died to live forevermore. You know, and that is why we are celebrating this season. Jesus is alive. And I'm telling you, even as you're listening to me, you're going to have the evidence of, of His being alive. Of His living power. And it's the same yesterday and today and forever. In other words, what He did in the street of Jerusalem, He will do in your life this evening. You will experience face-to-face the encounter with Jesus. So tonight, we want to do a teaching. I don't know how we're going to just try to maximize the short time we have today and tomorrow. But I want to do a teaching that I've titled, The Law of Identification. And you'll be surprised to discover that the whole of the Bible, alright, actually exists based on this law. The whole of the story in the Bible, the journey of the Bible, the documentation of the Bible, is established on the law of identification. You know, and the word identification simply means um, having an identity, A way of being defined and uh, uh, a way of being named, you know, a way of being categorized, you know, a way of being described, you know. And, um, you know, so that's what identification is all about. And, you know, this is very key because that is the foundation of our Christian faith. In fact, that's the foundation of the Bible, as I'm going to show you today. First of all, let's look at the origin of sin. In First John chapter 3. 1 John and chapter 3 and verse 8. First John chapter 3, I believe you are with your Bible. And verse 8. It says, He that committed sin is of the devil. For the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So here we see that he that committed sin is of the devil. And the reason, bec- reason is because the devil is the one that sinned from the beginning. He sins actually. All right, that means sin it, it. It makes practice of sin from the beginning. So we want of us to first look at the first appearance of sin in the devil. The first appearance of sin in the devil. You would discover from Isaiah chapter fourteen, Isaiah and chapter fourteen, Isaiah chapter fourteen are documented in the Bible. Let us see the offense of Lucifer, who became the devil. The archangel that became the devil. You know, the falling angel that became the devil. What did he do? In Isaiah chapter 14 and verse 12, look at what the Bible says. How has that fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How hast thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? It says, For thou hast said in thy heart, this is why he is he, a fallen angel, this is why it is time to be the man that has sinned from the beginning. It says, For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the, most, upon the mount of the congregation, in the side of the north. I will ascend, I will ascend above the eyes of the cloud. I will be like the most high. It says, Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. In other words, he's saying here that the devil had wanted to be like the High. The main issue with the devil was something around identity. He wanted to be like God. He wanted to he wasn't satisfied with his identity. He wasn't satisfied with the with the identity God gave him. God gave him a high place, you know, in the system of things in heaven. He was in you know, one of the major angels that control the major arm of God. You know, arm of the system of, in, in heaven. You know, and he was not satisfied with it. So he sought to get something greater than what God has made him to be. And then he wanted to be like God himself. He wanted to be in competition with God. He wanted to be, you know, the age mate or the classmate of God as it were. He says, I will be like the moustache. So you see, we see here that the offense or the sin that began with the devil or that uh, first was seen in the devil was the sin that has to do with identification. Him wanting to be like God. Now you go to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1. Genesis chapter 3 from verse 1. It says, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. Now this was the devil, coming in the form of the serpent. And he said unto the woman, "Yea, as God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, let it die. Look at the next verse 4. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. Ye shall not surely die. Can you imagine? Why? You see, the devil always wants to run a parallel government with God. We saw it already in Isaiah chapter 14 from verse 12 to 15. And now he's saying to Eve here, he's saying to the woman here, he said, You shall not surely die. God said, Let me tell you my own. You shall not surely die. And look at what verse 5 says. For God doeth know that in the day ye eat thereof then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as God. KJV say as God, in plural. But when you look at new translations like NLT, it says, God knows that your eyes will be opened when you eat it. You will be just like God, knowing everything, both good and evil. So you see here, the same thing the devil did to experience the fall was what the devil was selling to Hadam and Eve. He told them, look at me, you guys can be like God. As who have wanted to be like God, you know, you can, guys can be like God. You can be like God. And the moment they accepted that, what is that? An issue with identification. They don't know who they are. An issue with trying to become, you know, something outside God. An issue with having an identity by human knowledge, by human energy, by, by an energy and system that is outside faith and outside God. And that's what the devil wanted them to do, and which he brought them. He brought them into that system. So, they ate of the fruit. Why? Because they wanted to be like God. Are you following me? If you are getting me, say hi. They ate of the fruit because they wanted to be like God. And look at it. The moment they ate it, corruption set in. You know, Adam, I mean, uh, Lucifer committed that sin and according to Isaiah chapter 14, let me take you back there quickly. Now, this will answer your question, why? Why? <laughs> Why man was doomed to go to hell. Because you see, man committed the same offense, as it were, as the devil. Already man has been made in the image and the likeness of God. But now there is an aspiration in the heart of God, in the heart of man, planted by the devil. To bring man into competition with God. And look at what God said concerning uh, concerning uh, uh, Lucifer in Isaiah chapter fourteen. Look at verse fifteen. It says, "Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the side of the pit." You see, by the things Lucifer did, he was doomed already to go to hell. And by automatically identifying with what Lucifer did, I mean Eve and Adam doing what Lucifer did, they also qualify to go to the same destination as the devil. Are you getting talking about now? You see. And that's how we end, or inherited hell. Separation from God. Eternal separation from God. That's how we inherited it. How did we inherit uh, separation from God? Hell. We inherited that on the platform of an identification problem. Satan wanted to be like God. And in trying to be like God, he became a fallen angel. And the same Satan went to Adam and Eve, especially to Eve in particular, and showed that lie to him, to her that the day you eat of this fruit, you shall be like God, knowing everything. And then they bought into it, and what happened to them? They became fallen man, just like Lucifer became a fallen angel. And then the nature that was found in Lucifer was not found in in uh, in Adam. What was the nature? The nature of death. The Bible calls him the murderer from the beginning. He introduced death to Azam and Eve through that lie that He told them, through that thing that He said to them, that they should aspire to be like God. If I get him, me, say hi. And so, you see, when you look at, you see, the journey of the scripture, even from the very beginning, it began with an issue of identification. It began with an issue of identification. So, when you see it in Romans chapter 5, and verse 12, Romans chapter 5, and verse 12, it tells us, Romans chapter 5, and verse 12, it says, quickly, Romans chapter 5, and verse 12, it says, Wherefore well, as by one man sin entered into the world, we, know, we now know how that all sin entered into the world. We know how sin entered into the world. It says, As by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So you see, the moment Adam sinned, we inherited a nature called death, we inherited a system called death, we inherited a a realm of existence called death. You see, because death is not just an experience, death is a realm. You see, we inherited a realm called death, if you are getting me, say hi. He says, "Wherefore, by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men. You know what? Sin came by man, death came by man, if you are getting me, say hi. Say one more time: Sin came by man, death came by man, sin came by man, death came by man. Now, when you look at verse nineteen of that same chapter, Romans chapter five, look at verse nineteen. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, who was that woman? Adam. Why he was trying to become something already had become, but the devil told a lie on about about identification to him. So by the obedience of on one man shall many be righteous. So look at it carefully. The offense of Adam brought sin and death to man. Are you getting me? See I'm in mean the offense of sin, the offense of Adam brought sin and death to man. Can you say one more time the offense of Adam brought sin and death to man? Now I want to show you something carefully because that is powerful. Since sin and death came through man it automatically means that life and righteousness must come through man. And I'm going to show you patterns in the Bible. In other words, the one that I can identify with the class of people that are in problem is the one that can bring them salvation. The one that can identify with a set of people that are in that calamity, that state of death, that state, falling state, is the one that can bring them life and righteousness. Now, let me show you some patterns in the Bible. You remember Noah. God wanted to save the heaven. God was angry that he had traded man. God did not send an angel. He picked a man among the people he was angry with. Why? Because for God to save people, he has to use the people, I mean, am I making sense to you? For God to save a set of, of persons, Alright, he must find someone in that sense to send to them a savior. So you look at Second Peter chapter 2 and verse 5. The Bible calls Noah as a preacher of righteousness. In other words, as he was building the hack, as he was constructing the hack, he was preaching to them about the upcoming or uh, destruction that was coming. And he was telling them they need that they, that they need to be saved. He was doing all of that. God sent him to them, even though he was among them. If you are getting me, say hi. That is very key. God sent them him to them even though he was among them. I'm showing you a pattern here. Number two, you remember Lot. Lot was in Sodom and Gomorrah in Genesis chapter 19 and verse 12 to 14. Lot was in Sodom and Gomorrah. And uh, let me just read that quickly because I, I need you to see it. I just want to establish a pattern. Every time God extended his message, he looked for a man in the midst of that, you know, situation and raised a man among them and sent that man to the people that are in the problem or in the, in the state of, 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 of wickedness or whatever you call it now. Now, look, 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 look at Genesis chapter 19. Genesis chapter 19 and verse 12. Genesis chapter 19 and verse 12. It is, and the men said unto Lot, As thou year any besides son-in-law, and thy sons and thy daughters and whatever thou art in this city, bring them out of this place. For we destroy this place because the cry of them, the cry of them is working great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out and spake unto his his sons-in-law, which married his daughter, and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy the city. But it seems as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. Now what is the Bible saying here? God has already passed judgment over the land of Sodom and Gomorrah. The judgment has come, but now God through an intercessor, somebody to pray, somebody who was praying outside all right, of that land was praying so that they can be preserved. Now, when they go to that land, the deliverance of that land was not just determined by the intercessor, but by a man who was there called Lord himself. That man was going about and saying, hey, come, destruction is coming, destruction is coming. But they didn't receive the message. That means, even if Abraham had prayed to cover the whole land, the moment they refused the message of a man among them, are we getting what I'm talking about here? they will not be able to receive that salvation or mercy that God is bringing. Now, let me show you another system. Remember the high high priesthood system. You go to Hebrews chapter 5. I, I just want to show you a pattern. Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5, from verse 1. For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men... In things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gift and sacrifice for sin. Where is an high priest picked among men? Why is he picked? He wants to offer sacrifice for their sins. He himself is a sinner. He himself needs help. But because God is locked up in a system, that in a principle rather, that he must find a man among people to bring salvation to them. So, you see, he must find a man. There must be a man. Depending on the, the kind of safety or mercy, mercy, rather, that God is trying to pick, there must be a man that must be used. And that man must be among the people that need to be saved. He must be among them. So, in the system of priesthood, God picked Herod. Alright? Who was among the people. Now, look at Moses. What about Moses? Why didn't God just pick an Egyptian? Why didn't God send a man from outside? Why did God pick Moses? Because Moses was an Israelite. And God needed to use him among the Israelites to bring safety. I hope you are following the pattern. What about Joseph? Alright. Why was it Joseph? The Bible says God sent him ahead. So that he can protect the children of Israel. You know what? If you don't identify with the people you say you are sent to. Or you don't have anything in common with people you say you are sent to. You cannot be a blessing to them. That's the principle. So you know what? You must have something in common. It's very key that you have something in common. Now, let me share a story with you. It's in the Bible. Remember the story of Lazarus and the rich man. When Lazarus was in... Um, in Abraham's bosom... and um, Lazarus, Lazarus was in, uh, 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 was in uh, Abraham's bosom... and then the rich man was in hell. The rich man begged Abraham... and said, see... Can you send Lazarus to go and preach unto my people? You send Lazarus. Let Lazarus bring them salvation. Let Lazarus bring them uh, the message of help. What did Father Abraham said? He said, they have the ministers among them. That means the answer of God to people will always be close to them. God will not need to look far away outside those people. It's a principle. So you see. Also, when you are looking at the subject of salvation, it means that a person who will bring salvation or safety and deliverance must identify with the people that he is going to save. He must have something in common. That means if God wants to save animals, he needs to use animals. If God wants to save men, alright, he will use men. I'm just trying to paint the picture. I hope you are getting the picture I'm trying to paint here. This is very key. This is very key. This is very key. In Ezekiel chapter 22 and verse 30. Ezekiel chapter 32 and verse 30. So we are saying sin came because of an issue with identification. But I also want to tell you that evil salvation came because of identification. That's what I'm trying to show you. Hallelujah. Ezekiel chapter 22. And verse 30. Look at what Ezekiel chapter 22 and verse 36. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it but I found none. Did you see something there? Therefore have I poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my rod. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, says the Lord God. Look at what it says. I look for someone among them. So that among them, there will be someone who will stand standing gap, And because of that person, there will be salvation. But there was none. And because there was nobody among them. Notice it didn't say outside them, among them. Somebody must be among them. And since there was nobody among them that could help to bring about salvation, there was destruction. Why? The person qualified to bring salvation must have something I- that is identical to the persons who want to receive salvation. It's key. When you understand this, you will know and appreciate the essence of the coming of Jesus. And why he died, and why is the best person to die? You go to Romans chapter three and verse three. Romans chapter three and verse three. Romans chapter three and verse three. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, you are going to bring salvation to take man out of sin. God says Everyone has sinned No man among them is found Qualified To bring about salvation No man among them Seems qualified To bring about deliverance Why? For all have sinned And come short of the glory of God So there is an issue here Every man Everyone among them Just like Ezekiel said God cannot find anyone among us, among men, to bring salvation. Why? Because all are seen, contra- Everyone is contaminated. So, God needs to find an answer. God needs to find a rescue. Among men, there is no rescue. Yet, God needs a man to bring salvation. So, God chose, what a love to become a man. God chose to become a man. See, God said well, said, well, Pastor, why can't God just save us without all the stress of Jesus being born by Mary? Why can't? Because it breaks the principle of identification. If God would save us, save us, rather, it means that God must identify with us, become a man, and then the salvation will then be legal. I'll show you patterns pattern there. If God would save any man, he must be part of the system of the people that need salvation and then they can then receive salvation. That's the reason. He has to come down to join us. Yes, God is, you know, I say, well, God, we say God is powerful. I mean, He's God. He can please Himself the way He wants. He could have just sat, sat there in heaven and then He would just say, uh, okay, all of, you, all of you, don't do that again. No? Now, be clean. Now, be born again. Now, oh yeah, I can't say hell. I can't say He's God. Yeah. <laughs> all right. He's God. But uh, it will break the principle. The law of identification. It will break it. It's a law. It's all over there in the Bible. It will break it. Hallelujah. So, God sent his son. Jesus. God. God sent His Son, Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 2, Hebrews chapter 2, and verse 14. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. In Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14, it is for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he himself likewise took part of the same that through death, he might destroy him that had the power of the, that is the devil. I hope you are following. Why did he become flesh and blood? Let me read this NLT. The New Living Translation. It says, Because God's children are human beings, made of flesh and blood. Jesus also became flesh and blood by being born in human form, for only as a human being could he die, and only by dying... He breaks the power of the devil who are the power of death. In other words, if he did not become part of us, he would not be qualified to experience the judgment that is upon us because of sin. So, he became part of us. He identified with us. If you are following me, say hi. I hope I'm making sense to all of us. All right. Because we are men, he needed to become man. He is God Jesus? Is not a man. He became a man. Jesus was not a man. He became a man. Why? Because he wanted to reach out to you and her. And I can show you scriptures upon scriptures. Look at verse 17. Look at verse 17. Let me read that verse 17. you. Therefore, it is necessary for Jesus to be in every respect like us. <laughs> Look at that. In fact, if I would like, let, let's just read from verse 14 to 17, so I can see it. It says, the New Living Translation. We just want to read the New Living Translation. It says, because God's children are human beings, made of flesh and blood, Jesus also became flesh and blood by being born in human form for only as human being could he die and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who are the power of death. Only in this way could he deliver those who have lived all their lives as slaves to the fear of death. Only. Only in this way. Only in this way. That means there is no other way. There is no other system. If God is not part of us through Jesus by becoming a man he can present to us salvation. That's what I'm trying to show you here. He had to first identify with us because at times, when people don't understand, this is the foundation of the idea of believers identifying with Christ. When you don't understand that, first of all, Christ Himself identifies with your fallen state, so it becomes legal for you to identify with His glorified state. Are you? I'm talking about, and that's what I'm trying to tell you here. If he I get him, and say hi, glory to Jesus. Only in this way could he deliver those who have lived all their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. We all know that Jesus came to help the descendants of Abraham, not to help the angels. Why? So he wasn't, he wasn't made like an angel. He was made like men. And this is the reason, you know, when we were young, I was, sharing, I was talking to Joseph with one of our pastors yesterday, and I said, you know, <laughs> you know we were taught in primary school. Or so one way to ask drama about the death of Jesus. That God called a meeting in heaven. And God said, You guys, there's trouble in hell. John must die. And then uh, God said, Angel hey, Gabriel, will you die? And Angel Gabriel danced, Hey God, I will have loved to go. But you see we will tell the good news and uh, then the angel went away. Then Michael, oh Michael, you're a strong angel. Michael, we like to go, and Michael does, oh, I would have loved to go, but will we fight the battles, and, and that. it never happened. It couldn't have been angels because angels does not have the capacity to identify with our class. It couldn't have been angels. Oh boy, are you get? I'm talking about here. It couldn't have been angels. But look at what it says, verse 16. He says, we all know that Jesus came to help the descendants of Abraham, not to help the angels. Glory to God. He came for me. I said, he came for me. Oh, glory to God. He came from. Did he come for you? Did he come for you? Are you sure he came for you? He came for me. Look at verse seventeen. He says, "Therefore, it was necessary because He came for us. He came for the descendants of Abraham, for human beings like us." He says, "Therefore, it was necessary for us to be in every respect like us." Notice the word "necessary." That is an emphatic word, strong word. It was necessary in every respect like us. This is his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God, he then could he then he then could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sin of the people. That is when he can now offer the sacrifice that would take away the sin of people. If he was not in all respect like us, if he had died, well he couldn't have died. He could not have died. He could not have died. Are you following what I'm talking about here? So God, God became a man. Jesus became a man. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Let me read some of this scripture that emphasize that Jesus became a man. And listen to me. The Bible says every spirit that denied that Jesus came in the flesh is an antichrist. Because what that means is that Jesus is not qualified to bring us salvation. The spirit of an antichrist is the spirit that attacks that Jesus, attacks the idea that Jesus identified with us by becoming human flesh. That's the first assignment of that spirit. That Jesus never was. was, Oh boy. Am I talking to someone here today? Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. From verse 5, the NLT version. It tells us. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Or as the same that Christ Jesus had. What did he have? Though he was God. So who was Jesus? Come on, talk to me. He was God. He did not demand and cling to his right as God. So Jesus is not a prophet. Was not a human being that just lived right. No, he was God. And it was God coming down to solve the problem that only God and God the Lord can solve for man. Look at verse 7. He says, He made himself nothing. Look at what he says. This is powerful. He was not made a man, he made himself. Telling us is God. Who can make himself? He says, he made himself nothing. He took the humble position of a slave and appeared in human form. He decided that this is his decision. I'm going to help these people to have something. So he made himself nothing. He took the humble position of a slave and appeared in human form. He did that. He himself did that. Are you following me? And look at verse 8. And um, look at NLT. It says, And in human form, he obediently humbled himself even further by dying a criminal's death on the cross. Glory to God. That was the essence. That was the only man that was born to die. But he couldn't do that. He told us until he was made like us in every respect, He couldn't do that. Look at First Timothy chapter 2. 2 and verse 5 the NLT for there is only one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and people is the man he is what the the yeah he identified with us he is the man Christ Jesus but hebrews told I mean Philippians told us he was God he became man so that he can be a mediator he can reconcile God back to man are you glad I say, are you glad? The humanity of Jesus was necessary for him to identify with the state of man and by so doing partake of the judgment of sin on behalf of man. Somebody said, Pastor, what does that mean? There is nothing you are going through right now. That God doesn't understand. He has been you. Let me to speak it that way. He he knows what what it means to experience being human. He knows what it means to experience being tempted. He knows what it means to experience being in need. So when you communicate with Him in prayer and say, "My Father, my Lord, I have a desire to be healed in my body. I have a desire to have my needs met." He can relate with that because Jesus had human experience and listen to me. He knows what it needs to meet that. We say, "Amen" to that. Hallelujah. It was he partook of that experience? Partook of that experience. It was necessary. It was necessary. It was necessary. So, when we are talking about identification, it began with Adam trying to become something he was not. I mean, uh, uh, Lucifer trying to become something he, he could not have become. And then saw the same lie to make Adam identify with him by committing the same offense even though it was a lie. all right. And Adam stepped down from the realm of faith. Instead of believing God, he believed Lucifer. And now for God to save man back, and of course, when Adam committed that sin, he partook of the judgment of Lucifer, which was for him to be cast into hell and into the pit. For God to save that man called Adam, God will have to identify with that man. Following the law of identification. <laughs> Lucifer was a master planner. To him, it seems he was impossible. You mean God is going to partake of the judgment he has placed upon it? God would rather change his mind and say, I forgive you, Lucifer. I didn't know any the wounds have glorified the Lord of glory. That's the wisdom of God. God had a better way. Hallelujah. So, Jesus became a man identified with the state of man and so in so doing partook of the judgment of sin for us. So let us look at the things he did as a substitute being a man. Let's look at it. He suffered for us. And this suffering includes death. This suffering includes He was beaten. He took stripes. Notice the word for us. For us. For us. For us. Second Corinthians chapter 4 Chapter 5 rather. Second Corinthians chapter 5 2nd Corinthians chapter 5. And that's 14. For the love of Christ constrains us. Because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. So look at it. He died for all. One died for all one died for all one died for all so he died for us all Are we together and look at verse 15. nlt says for he died for everyone how many people did he die for he died for everyone he died for everyone L- let me cite an example if you were hungry you went out and you were so hungry And then you came back inside and your mom or your friend, anybody who stays with you tells you and says "Oh, I know you'll be hungry by now. I have cooked for you. Would you go to the kitchen and start putting food stops together to go and cook again? What does that mean? I have cooked for you. You don't have to cook for yourself again. Is that making sense? Yeah. Are you following what I'm talking about? I have cooked for you. So Jesus died for us, all of us, all of us. I say all of us. Come, Peter, chapter two and verse twenty-four. Look at it for the explanation. I mean, first Peter 2, two, first Peter two and verse twenty-four. Verse twenty-four, he says, "Who is also There are sins." In his own body. On the tree. So, now, telling us, his death was a death on the tree. That was talking about the death of the cross. That we being dead to sin. Excuse me. Look at that. Let me read the notes so you can see it. He personally carried away our sins in his own body on the cross. So that we can be dead to sin. No, I thought you should read this way. Since he was the one that carried the sin on his body, who should die? Him. He carried sin in his body. He was one nailed on the cross. But it says so that we can be dead to sin. Ah, you follow up talking about here. He says he personally carried away our sins in his own body on the cross. So we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. You have been healed by his wound. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He did it for us. So it's credited into our account. Look at First chapter 3 and verse 17. Say, I believe it. I believe it. Don't doubt it. That devil is a liar. Don't doubt it. Don't say, well, Pastor, I've been struggling with that sickness. I don't, think, if, I, don't think, I don't think this healing thing is really true. Because if it's true, uh, that devil is a liar. I silence that voice. In the name of Jesus. Jesus took that sickness away. He bore it on the tree. You see, the devil is just trying to make you pay for the price that has been paid. You know what they call it in Nigeria if you are listening from Nigeria? It's called 419. It's called dupe. You have been duped. Look at 1st chapter 3. And verse 17. 1st chapter 3. Verse 17. Remember it is better to suffer for doing good if that is what God wants than to suffer for wrong. Look at verse 18 now quickly. Are you following me? You are following say hi. It says Christ also suffered when he died for our sins once, once for all time. Telling us the impact of his suffering. His suffering was an eternal suffering. Once for all time. Can, can I say this word? Once and for all. <laughs> I say, he did it once and for all. He did it once and for all. I say, he did it once and for all. Now shout it. He paid for my sickness once and for, for, for all. He paid for my prosperity once and for all. He paid for the blessing once and for all. Now, once and for all, I am blessed. Once and for all, I am healed. Once and for all, I am saved. Because He paid the price once and for all time. Glory to God. That's what the Bible says. Christ also suffered, and when He died for our sins once for all time, the impact of what He did was eternal. Hallelujah. It's not, it's not that you were healed last time, you're no longer healed. The same power that healed you over 2,000 years ago is still saying you are healed now. The same blood that was shed for you is crying mercy over you is still crying mercy over you now. The same power of the blessing. Listen to me. It doesn't matter the circumstance and the economic situation. You have blessed once and for all time. You now. You know what? The seasons of life cannot change the blessing. Oh boy. Is somebody listening to me right now. The seasons of life cannot change the blessing. The economic situation cannot change the blessing. Your family background cannot change the blessing. Your age cannot change the blessing. Your retired maybe you are even retired. It doesn't change the blessing. You are blessed once and for all. You are lifted once and for all. You are healed once and for all. You are delivered once and for all. You are liberated once and for all. You are increasing once and for all. You are multiplying once and for all. I came to tell you that any other agenda apart from this, is the lie of the devil. And I declare the name of Jesus the word of God is true in your life hallelujah once for all once for all hallelujah it's a lie of the devil you are not under under, under family cause I say you are not under that family cause that whatever the devil has done or said over the family in the past is no more powerful than the blood that was shed you have been cleansed from the infirmity of the devil you have been cleansed from every oppression of the devil once and for all Hallelujah. That devil is a liar. You know, he's trying to tell you, you need to be blessed like he told Adam. You need to be like God. Already God made them in the image and his likeness. Don't fall for it. And I command in the name of Jesus. Every experience that is not in agreement with this reality. I command to be crushed down right now. It is this sickness in your body, pains in your body, discomfort in your body, situations that are and I know in alignment with God's favor upon your life. I bring them down in the name of Jesus. That struggle is over. Can you be on the keyboard for me? Jesus did it once and for all time. It doesn't matter where you are all over the world. It doesn't matter what's going on around you. Jesus paid for the price once and for all time. He paid for the price. And the price can be relevant in January. It can be relevant in February. It can be relevant in March. It can be relevant in May. Any time of the year. The price is relevant. What Jesus did is once and for all time. And I came here to prophesy. It doesn't matter the situation around you. It doesn't matter what the enemy has been saying. Because the price has been paid. We cross the activity of the enemy now in the name of Jesus. Who told you you can't have your baby? Jesus paid for it once and for all. Who told you can't have your at destiny? Jesus prayed for him once and for all. It doesn't matter what the devil is saying. Who is he that speaking and it comes to pass? When the Lord has not spoken, once have I once that He spoken. Trials have I had. The power belongs to God. I came to speak to somebody in the authority of the power of the Most High. That it doesn't matter what the enemy has been doing. It is crushed tonight in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God there's something you didn't remember or you have to remember throughout this tonight this teaching he did it is once and for all i don't know why my spirit is clinging to that truth it is once and for all you don't need a bigger revelation you need a stronger reminder you need to just remember you need to be reminded you need just to be reminded there is no other thing god willing to give you he has given you everything he gave you jesus you just need to be reminded that's what you need that Jesus did it for all time your children should not be going through that oppression Jesus paid for it for all time speak in other terms for the next 30 seconds once and for all who told you you can't progress who told you you and your family you can't make it way who told you all of you must go in the stable you are born again you are a child of God even any man being is a new creature who told you what kill your dad or kill your mom will kill you? The devil is a liar. Who told you your own marriage will end like the marriage of your parents? The devil is a liar. God has paid the price on your behalf. In Christ's once for all time. Glory to no, God. Manamakataya. I came to tear apart that lie of the devil by your destiny. I came to tear apart that lie of the devil by your life. I declare the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, that that lie is torn apart now. It is torn apart now. What's that for? I legalize your progress. I legalize your progress. I establish your progress. I establish your progress. I establish your healing. Right now in your body. I establish your lifting right now whatever you lay your hands upon right now right now it begins to prosper right now whatever i been held up by the devil i came to tell the devil that jesus paid the price once and for all i came to tell the devil that that price i was paid for all time i declare right now all that is short and the enemy has kept that is released unto in the name of jesus hallelujah, hallelujah. speaking of the tongue. That marriage will walk. That business will prosper. That marriage will walk. That business will prosper. That baby will survive. In the name of Jesus. I cancel the force of death over your life and destiny. I cancel that force now. I cancel that shot now. Rekokotoko bırakata malabaşa.
0: Ela manamuşun bay. You are. Speaking
1: other tongues wherever you are. Speaking other tongues wherever you are.
0: Speaking other tongues wherever you are. Madeira dos,
1: Mindalanandiados, Kila lendebades, Eele lusudo days, Mananandi. That spirit of God that is clouding your mind, I rebuke that spirit right now. Lay your hands where we are being prayed healing. The power of God is strong. Oh, I love you, Lord, and I.
0: Lift my voice she she To
1: worship The peace of oh, my soul Reach out My King, thank you Lord Thank
0: you, Lord. Oh, oh, oh in, in what you eat. I know he's a Sweet Sweet, sweet son, in your mood. I
1: love you, Lord. I
0: love, I you Jesus.
1: body i command every pain growth is comfort whatever has been proven medically or doesn't be proven medically i command the healing power of god the angels that walk with me ministry. thank you lord i sense that presence of an angelic being beside me right now that mighty angel thank you father i command that miracle to take place in your body right now let there be a man can repair in your body, be healed, be healed, eyesight is being healed right now, it's being healed right now. Now the Lord spoke to me about a young man, you have been frustrated, because nothing seems not to be working, but the Lord said to tell you that your story is like Peter, who died all night, and then Jesus came and said, launch it to the deep. And then he came into a net-breaking couch. Thus says the Lord unto you, After this season you shall enter a net-breaking harvest. For so there is a turnaround. And for your losses you are receiving double.
0: This
1: season is a season of reproach, says the Lord. And is causing to launch forth after this season. And you will wonder what has happened. And you shall know the word of the Lord has come to you by his prophet. Every year
0: problem
1: is healed right now in the name of Jesus. I remember all
0: you've done for me. The precious sacrifice victory. I remember all you've done for me. Oh my God. I oh know Jesus. Today, I worship you. Lift your hands and
1: bless you. Bless you. That business idea you've been trusting God for, the Lord just told me. The Spirit of Wisdom is telling you what to do now. You have been trusting God for increase. And the Spirit of Wisdom is telling you that even in this season it will tell you how to take advantage 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 advantage, advantage. of this
0: season
1: oh man it, it is can we sing it one more time I remember I remember all
0: the for me Your prayer I remember, I remember, I remember oh, you know for me, oh my love. You know, should
1: be I know, you Sing it one more time. I want you to make it a day tomorrow, 9 a.m. It's going to be strong, the power of God Tell everyone you know believing God for healing of miracles. There's going to be an outbreak of the miracles. Last Sunday, we had testimony from all over. us. Someone watching from Lagos. Uh, people watching for me by other things. People just kept sharing testimonies all over. And yours is the next. They prepare to receive your word. We believe you have been blessed and transformed by the Word. Be a doer of the word by acting on what you've just heard.
0: For more information, you can reach us on plus 234-806-424-8108. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at New Reality CC and on Facebook at New Reality Christian Center at Doi Stay in the finished works of Christ.